While Chad Dable's attorney complains of Tammy Dable going through menopause in the courtroom, most women can relate to her experience. Many of us know it can be hard to find comfort in our own bodies, experience cravings or depression, but Hormone Harmony is an all-in-one hormonal balancing solution for women of all ages. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier, and that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any women with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it is perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code hidden true crime at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code hidden true crime for 15% off today. Why do so many dogs suffer from health issues? It turns out that actress Katherine Heigl, who helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says that she is seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health, their food. What she discovered is that the way many dogs' foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw a huge transformation in their health. She has made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing and see incredible changes in their dog's health. Look, John and I are dog lovers and are currently searching for the perfect family edition and how to keep them healthy and happy. So if we can help keep your best friend healthy too, we are happy. Go to badlandfood.com dot com slash hidden true crime and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash hidden true crime. Hey, gems, this is Lauren. And while we were glad to reunite as a family after the Lori Vallow Daybell trial, I did have to leave town again to be with my brother. He's in the ICU. We appreciate so much your thoughts, your prayers, your good vibes. It means so much to us. Being a family-run podcast, when life happens, you experience a bit of that with us. So we do apologize for missing last week's YouTube Live and not posting as regularly here on our podcast. While I am doing some editing while in the hospital, we did want to take a break from Daybell, Koberger, and Murdoch to play a December 2021 interview that we've yet to publish here, one that is very relevant with the release of the popular Prime documentary, Shiny Happy People. So our friend and gem, Shelly, attended a church that used Bill Gothard's teachings and followed the Institute of Basic Life Principles, also known as IBLP in the film. So while my discussion with Shelley revolves around the Josh Duggar verdict, which had just come down when this interview was recorded, we do go much deeper into Bill Gothard, IBLP, and Shelley's personal experiences in this episode. We also talk about Bobby Holt, you'll notice. Uh, She is the Duggar friend who testified in the Josh Duggar trial, as well as plays a big part of the film, Shiny Happy People. Shelley ends with a hope in this episode that Josh Duggar's guilty verdict will allow more victims and survivors a voice and that they'll be able to bravely share it. Well, 18 months later, here we are. Shiny Happy People does just that. If you are interested in additional episodes about Josh Duggar, you can head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash hidden true crime. 
There, Dr. John discusses Josh Duggar and his crimes, but we are also going to discuss the film together, and we invite Shelly to join us again with us. We, we hope to have all three of us on soon. Let us know your thoughts about this episode over on our Facebook page under comments, facebook.com slash hidden true crime. Over there, I've shared a good amount of IBL teaching material and textbooks, and I'd love to know your thoughts. As always, thank you for your good reviews. Thank you for being a loyal listener, and we'll be having some new episodes for you soon. I am with a guest today. Her name is Shelly G. This is not a Daybell case update. We're hoping to discuss other important cases here at Hidden True Crime, and this is a case I've been wanting to understand and discuss, the Josh Duggar case and his recent guilty verdict. Now, before we begin, a trigger warning. This episode will mention crimes against children. Josh Duggar was found guilty last week on federal charges. It was two counts of downloading and possessing child pornography. And he was found guilty on both counts. Is that right, Shelley? Yes, it was two counts. One of the counts was stayed. The minor account was stayed. But the count for receipt of, I don't know if we can say it, so I'll just go with CP. <laughs> um, one account of receipt of CP that can lead up to 20 years. Up to 20 years. Wow. And this was a very public case. This is a very public family, a very religious family, a self-proclaimed moral family, a political family in Arkansas. And Josh is a public figure in both the reality television world and in his political activism. Uh, let's let's all remember he was the executive director of the FRC Action Pack, sponsored by the Family Research Council. In other words, he once stated that his goal was taking the message of faith, family, and freedom across America until 2015. And I remember the multiple scandals in 2015. First, when Josh was discovered on the Ashley Madison site, a site for extramarital affairs, and Josh admitted to being unfaithful to his wife, Anna Duggar. Right. You want to know something ironic yeah. about that? They're the youngest daughter that they just had, the seventh baby that Anna and Josh Duggar had, they named her Madison. Okay, that's that is very Weird. interesting. I didn't the one that she just gave birth to a month yes. ago. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. After going through, you know, all, yeah, yeah, they named her Madison. Yeah, I did not realize that. I knew that she just gave birth, which makes this story all the more heartbreaking to her seventh child. It does. Yeah, I'm going to definitely be asking. a psychological element into it, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm it? definitely going to be asking it's Dr. Like, John about that? that one. It's not the direction I would have gone right. <laughs> if we were in their shoes. And it was also in 2015 when it came out that back when Josh was a teenager, 14 and 15 years old, he was accused of molesting five young girls, which included his younger sisters. So 2015 was not Josh Duggar's year, to say the least. But, but there were no charges. His crimes as a teenager seemed to have been swept under the rug, handled within the Duggar family, and the statute of limitations had passed. And what I mean is no charges until this year, 2021. And while these new charges he's been found guilty of are not molestation charges, the judge did allow testimony from a family friend who described his 
past crimes against his sisters. Is is that right? Right. I believe that there were three mentioned and then there was one minor that was not named. And we now know that that was Joy Anna. Um, She was in the trial with her husband watching the case. And when the testimony came up about her, what happened to her, she was visibly upset and her husband got very angry because they were told that it was like over the clothes and that it was while they were sleeping and it only happened once and they didn't know. Fact of the matter is he had been digitally raping her for a while during Bible studies. So she heard that for the first time in court. And her husband did too. They they realized they had been lied about that that this entire time. His youngest sister, Josh's youngest sister, right? At the time, right? She had been told her whole life by her father, good old JB, Jim Bob. He told her that it was really not that big of a deal. It was just a boy exploring things and that he'd felt her while she was sleeping just one time and it wasn't a big deal. Well, Josh confessed to people that it was actually that he digitally raped her while she was sitting on his lap during Bible study several times. Wow. Reading the Bible. So that's why it's considered a rape charge. Yeah. Yep. So not only did it affect her in every other way, it affected hearing scripture and connecting it to that. So she and her husband, Austin, are very, very angry about it, according to some of the other podcasters out there that have been covering this case very closely. It sounds, you know, all this information is secondhand that I have right now, but it sounds like they're very upset. I know that Jill, who was one of the abused sisters, she's now married to Derek Dillard, and Jill and Derek have spoken out many times against the Duggars. So, you know, there definitely there's a few stepping out and standing up for what's right. But this particular case was about pornography, having child child pornography. And the two counts were the first count was receipt and the second count was possession. Well, weirdly enough, possession seems to be the lesser charge and just receiving the pornography is a a higher offense and dependent upon the ages of the children and the mitigating factors like the fact that Josh had molested his sisters previously it can have up to a 20-year sentence so that's what the trial was about was about the the child pornography that was that was seen and I think as you and Dr. John have mentioned on a previous episode it was some of the worst of what you can find on the internet. Yes, that episode is on our Patreon account. When the charges came down, the 2021 charges, and we started talking about 2015, but now we're in you know 2021 and the pornography charges, as you pointed right. out, came down. Mm-hmm. John and I did do two episodes about the case. And you're right, exactly. It's right. some of the worst possible sex abuse against children material that you can find that you can find that you can find on the dark net and it's not something i've been doing a lot of research about this myself and heard a lot through the trial it's actually not something that you can just access by accident like you have to have a partition to protect you from it sometimes you have to give something in order to get access to the file you have to know exactly which directories to go to it's it's something that it takes a level of definite criminal intent to get to the point where you receive these particular files wow what you just said you have to give something in order to get these files and so we can only speculate on what he might have done 
to receive the files. So to clarify what you said earlier, the reason these past accusations against his sisters were a part of Josh's trial is that they wanted to see a motive or a pattern. They wanted to see the pattern because that would play into the mitigating factors for the sentencing. If he had acted out in the past, that would be a mitigating factor that would cause a higher level sentencing. I haven't even really given you a great introduction, Shelley. Why don't you tell us a little bit about why you care about the Josh Duggar case and why you've been following this so closely? Yeah, I've been following this case for a while. Um, I did not know the Duggar family myself, but um, I was raised by a woman who was a church hopper, and we visited a lot of different churches. And in the process, I learned a lot about different religions. And there for a while, we landed at a little church in Oklahoma City, and it was called an Independent Fundamental Baptist Church. And they had a connection to another group that was kind of like over them. Um, And it was called the Institute in Basic Life Principles, also known as the IBLP. And if anyone has heard about the abuse allegations against Bill Gothard, Bill Gothard was the leader of the Institute in Basic Life Principles. I even homeschooled with some of their materials when my kids were little. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I I liked some of their stuff um, and I used some of their stuff and I didn't realize, I didn't realize how horrible it was. Well, what do you mean by horrible? Very toxic home environments, just defining roles in a way that kept women from being able to have a voice, that put so much pressure on men to only be a certain way, that if they were sensitive, that they might be, that they might be homosexuals, and then they might have to be converted. I mean, it was just, it was just really gross. I mean, some of the stuff was basic Bible study, and that was fine, but it seemed like everything was teaching you how to be a good wife and that your only value came if you were a wife that had many, many children. Well, um, my mother was a single mother who worked and I had no brothers and sisters. So I did not really fit into this community, but I think that they wanted me to, I think they wanted to try to turn me into a project or something. So they gave me my anti-makeover, which meant that I grew my hair long and I went to some thrift stores and got some denim skirts and you know, some sneakers and they taught me how to do my hair where, you know, the half up, half down, higher the hair, the closer to God kind of thing going on Mm -hmm. and um, started getting involved there. And it was just, at first they love bomb you and they make you feel accepted and special. And I'm a seeker. I'm a truth seeker and I love scripture and I love, um, Script, everybody's scriptures like I just love to learn in general and they did a lot of studying and I like that I like the fact that they went deep and that they talked about deep things but then there was so much hate there was just so much hate and it became less about what the Bible said than what they thought about the Bible and I heard them make fun of pol- political figures and celebrities um, they had a thing against Oprah too by the way oh, really this is a trend <laughs> It's a trend. Yes. She was considered like super, super evil. And then um, I remember there's a Christian singer named um, Sandy Patty. And they this this independent fundamental 
um, Baptist church, which is what the Duggar family is part of this, this whole community. Um, they didn't even like listening to like regular Christian music. It had to be this Maranatha Baptist, like this very vocal group type music. It couldn't be just like regular Christian music or rock music. You know, it had to be a very certain type of music, choral music. But there was a singer at the time, I'm aging myself here, but there was a Christian gospel singer named Sandy Patty. And she ended up having an affair and the church kind of cast her out from the whole thing. And she was trying to come back. You know, she was trying to say, like, I made mistakes and I'm, you know, I'm asking for forgiveness. And this church would call her Fatty Patty. And, you know, we don't want to be going down to hell like Fatty Patty is going to. And just really, I've never seen the kind of hate and vitriol that was spouted at this place. And then they had youth conferences where they would send us with all the other families from accompanying states, which Arkansas, you know, is one of those states. And I may have met a Duggar and never knew it at one of these youth conferences. Um, It's possible. But the conferences were terrifying. I remember they would have a whole bunch of the young men do the preaching, not not the actual preachers, but young men. In suits, you know, all the guys had to have shortcut hair. They couldn't have long hair because that looked like you were a homosexual. Oh, wow. That's what they, this is what they said. And ladies could not, we couldn't put our hair up, like up in a top knot or anything because our necks were too sexual and that would make them fall. Necks. And of course we couldn't wear pants or anything. Yeah, necks. Necks were too sensuous. Mm-hmm. And that could cause our brother to stumble. When you say when you say that long hair um, wasn't okay because it made you look homosexual, and then you said they actually said that. When you say they actually said that, do you mean they actually said that? Yes, yes. Okay, um, can I tell you a short story about Please. that? There was a young man that I was going to school with who was just a regular guy, and I guess he liked me a little bit. You know, I don't know, and. I I was trying to be the good little Christian girl and I was like, you know, he asked me if I would go on a date with him and I was like, well, if you come to my church, I'll think about it. So he came, he drove his bicycle because we were like 13 at the time. He drove his bicycle like five or six miles down a main ro- road to get to my church, to come to wow. my church. They asked him to leave because he had a skater haircut. Oh, jeez. And they were like... Now, Shelly, you know, he has some homosexual tendencies and you need to stay away from him. That's demonic. Wow. Wow. And he was the nicest guy. And I just thought, you know, I just remember collecting these thoughts. Like, at this point, I didn't believe anything that they had to say, but I was just, I felt like it was important to witness it, if that makes any sense. A lot of people say that the Duggars are evangelical, others say they're Baptist, but you're trying to explain that this is what they were a part of. Can you explain how this is the Duggars organization or church? Yes. They're the IBF. So they're the independent Baptist or the IFB, the independent fundamental Baptists. And this isn't just Baptists then? No. Regular mainstream Baptists, which are, which are usually under the Southern Baptist convention. They're all the whole big umbrella they're under is the American Baptists. They are actually considered Protestants, not evangelicals. People don't know that, but that's true. American Baptists are actually considered Protestants. And 
And under American Baptist, there's several different types of Baptists. You have your Southern Baptists, you have your Free Will Baptists, um, your Antioch Baptists. I mean, there's just different ones within that, but they're all under that same American Baptist Protestant umbrella. But the, and they all have some regulation between them. You know, some are a little bit more radical. Some are pretty weak tea, you know, kind of just general stuff. Um, but this group, they have no oversight. Being an independent Baptist, they get to just say, I, I can set up my ch church however I want. So all the independent Baptists get together, but they don't make their own creed that everything goes by because each church is different. That's why Westboro Baptist Church is an independent fundamental Baptist church. It's one that doesn't have anything to do with the, in, the Institute in Basic Life principles because they don't want them there because there's so much trouble, but it is an independent fundamental Baptist church. And to remind people about what Westboro Baptist church is, they would often come to funerals to spout their anti-gay rhetoric. Is that correct, Shelley? Right, right. Fred Phelps and Shirley Phelps. And yeah, that family, it's, it's a Kansas church that just likes to go and basically tell everybody all the different ways they're going to hell. And, and is that what you mean by the church that accepted you, you learned was full of hate? Was it similar? Yes. To that? Yes, it was very full of hate. Um, their, their two favorite things to talk about were women that were quote-unquote whores and homosexuals and how they're going to burn in hell. Um, and they used the derogatory term, they used the F word from, from the pulpit to ref refer to people who were engaged in a loving homosexual relationship. Wow, wow. So, so take us back into you being... A part of this church and how long were you a part of it? I was a part of it for about three years. I went to a couple of their camps and a couple of things. I was never fully in, embedded into it because I didn't, my family didn't believe in it. I mean, I would just go for some of the fun like teen activities that weren't all that fun. But I mean, you know, I had a friend group and that, and my particular friends weren't super radical and it felt good to be different than the rest of the world. You know, there's something that makes you feel good to stand out and not be doing something that the rest of the world is doing. I think it really lends to a feeling of self-righteousness, like you're better than other people. And I think that's why the rules are in place, because if you're not going to get bullied, you go the opposite direction and you start feeling like, well, I'm too good. They can bully me all they want because they're just jealous. You know what I mean? It mm -hmm. creates this sense of self-righteousness and being better than people. And that's what keeps a lot of the people there is they don't want to just be regular people that have regular problems and are sinners. It's much easier to think of themselves as more righteous. That way they can look down and yell at everyone else. With that being said, let's go back to the Duggar case and the, the trial. Would you say that this experience of yours is why you followed the case so closely? Definitely. I was very eager to see if the, the truth would be called out. And I also have been watching the family members because I know that some of those girls, and I'm, I hope some of the boys too, will break away from the toxic patriarchal headship toxicity that 
exists in these communities and they have much more political power than anyone realizes. You know, um, the word evangelical didn't even start to become a thing until we had the contract with America in the 90s, which was a political thing. That is when this church or this community, this group, they really gained a lot of political power with, with the likes of Newt Gingrich and people like that that helped them build up Jerry Falwell. Now, Jerry Falwell with Liberty University and stuff like that, they're American Baptists, but the political power that both have goes across both American Baptist and the independent fundamental Baptists, but they're not the same thing. That's it's, It gets very, very confusing. They get the same political support and they have the same political goals, but they don't look the same. American Baptists dress normally. They'll go to, you know, old fashioned ones won't go to dances, but you wouldn't know like a Baptist church from any other church. But the, the word Baptist, because of the fact that separation of church and state came from a letter that was written from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists, saying that that wall would be a separation to protect the Baptists, the Danforth Baptists, the whole American Baptist group, they are all politically involved more than any other. So when people talk about evangelicals and politics, it's actually the Baptists that have the biggest political arm. The whole evangelical Baptist thing just became new. That started in kind of the 90s and 2000s. That's the American Baptist, but not the independent Baptist. Yes, but see, the independent Baptist sprung from the American Baptist Church. That's where they started, and then they broke themselves off as an independent version of it an offshoot right exactly where they don't hold themselves accountable to the baptist the big annual baptist conventions where they discuss things over the year but because the american baptists in general are political so are the independent fundamental baptists so they look alike sometimes because they're both really big about politics and about family values and, oh, uh, you know, the persecution of Christians and religious liberty, but they're not all the same group. Okay. Basically, all Baptists care about those issues, but not all Baptists are Duggar people, <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. A quick word from our sponsor. We have hidden gems from all over the world sending us evidence on cases. But when a resurfaced police interview is in Spanish or a witness to the murder speaks Portuguese or an old newspaper clipping is in French, the evidence is literally getting lost in translation. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning app, helping me put true crime into 25 different languages. Rosetta Stone immerses you with no English translations, so you actually really learn to speak and listen and think in that language for a natural learning process. Do not put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Rosetta Stone listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Yes, the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. You lose weight, it comes back. You lose it again, it comes back again. And if this cycle sounds familiar, you're not alone and there is a better way. What if you could take a weekly shot to lose weight and keep it off? 
That's where Roe comes in. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with lifestyle changes so you can lose weight and keep it off. Roe handles it all, even insurance paperwork. If eligible, you have access to a provider on demand. You can sign up online from home, no doctor's visits. Average weight loss, get this, 15 to 20% in a year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria do apply. Go to road.co slash hidden. Sign up today and you will pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's row, R-O dot C-O slash hidden. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days, feeling like styles have changed so much? Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. I signed up, I took a style quiz, and they offered suggestions that would best match me. The more I rent, the more on point the styles get. Whether you are planning a date night, packing for a conference, or headed to a black tie event, you will have the perfect outfit without facing a fitting room with fluorescent lights. With my Armoire clothing rental, I feel brave trying new styles, because I know it's not forever. It's just for a week or a month. And my favorite thing, having someone else do my laundry when I'm ready for new clothes. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash hidden true crime. That's armoire.style slash A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash hidden true crime to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. To repeat where we began, he was never charged with sexual abuse of his sisters. No matter how many times he was reported, authorities never charged him. But when this verdict came down guilty, I think a lot of people watching from afar were like, well, yes, of course, it's going to be guilty. But in talking to you, you seemed a little bit more surprised. Is that fair to say? Or... Yeah, there were there were a lot of people within religious communities that were afraid he was going to get get off because it was Arkansas and because Jim Bob Duggar, Josh's father, old Jim Bob is running for state senate in Arkansas and they've been utilizing political power in that area for a long time. And Jim Bob has been known to shut people down, to get people fired, to kind of like a, a mob guy in a religious way, I guess. So a lot of people thought because the the case was in Fayetteville, Arkansas, that there was no way that he was, they just thought there was no way Josh was going to actually get convicted. So this conviction was really important because it really, really opened up the door for people to come forward and say, this happened to me. The fact that they allowed the testimony that detailed what Josh had done to his sisters and the fact that his parents knew about it. They knew about it. They sent him away to a rehab center to be taught by a guy who ended up in prison for the same thing. So, you know, they're culpable for this. They're culpable for this too. And I've heard a lot of people say that because Jim Bob lied on the stand during this particular trial, when they asked him what he remembered about what his son did, he lied. And that could prompt a trial over him so we'll see but it meant so much it meant so much to people who have been survivors of independent baptist church toxicity and making you feel voiceless making you feel like you like a guy 
touching you inappropriately is your fault because you decided to wear jeans that day. You know what they said about jeans? We couldn't wear jeans because the way jeans looked were an arrow straight up to our crotch. Oh, wow. So you were yeah. choosing... If the guy looks at your pants, it's it's an arrow straight up there. Who who told and you that? Who told you that? The pastor of the church that I was going to. Wow. And they said that at the youth conferences also when they were telling us how to dress. Would they tell you this in front of the boys as well or was it yep, did they separate we said it you? together nope but were boys we allowed to wear the jeans oh yeah mm-hmm. they were just told to have clean cut hair you know like my little skater guy who came to visit me he was not acceptable because he had shaggy skater hair um the boys had to have their hairs their hair cut very 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 short and they had to wear suits or pants tucked in they couldn't wear you know just they couldn't be messy or wear shorts or t-shirts. So how did you decide to move on from this? <laughs> well, I just wasn't a very good one. <laughs> I asked too many questions. I like jeans. I think that when the, everybody started pairing off, you know, figuring out who was going to marry who, because there's a lot of semi-arranged marriages in this culture. You basically go to the youth things so the family can meet one another and the kids can start courting. They don't get married, they court. And I just... And courting didn't... means essentially, it almost is like an arranged marriage. They almost right. shake hands you... and decide they're going to get married. Is that right? And then they can't kiss until they actually are married? So I'm asking this because Josh and Anna Duggar have actually stated that they did not kiss until they were married. Well, there are different versions of it. I mean, I I held on to some of these beliefs for a long time when I raised my children. And my son met a girl when he was 14 and they, they, they had a courtship. But what that was, was it was like they were dedicated to one another. They had an intent to, they knew that they cared enough about each other to like intend towards marriage at some point. So they spent time like investing in a lot of questions to get to know each other. And our families would meet up with each other because we wanted to support them as they grew into a couple. It didn't work well. You know, when they ended up breaking up, all of our families were sad because we were used to seeing each other all the time. And it was it's kind of like a little pseudo family. You know, it's like a little pseudo marriage family, married family, but they're not. They're 14. You know, it's it's strange. So that's the way the culture is, is they two kids will meet each other at a conference. The parents will support the kids by going back and forth but they always have a chaperone chaperone I didn't do the chaperone stuff but and then eventually you know kid, kids will date for a few years and then they'll get married about 18 where are you now religiously oh man that's a long story <laughs> I've ran the gamut with a lot of different religions um where I'm at right now is that I love the Lord my God with all my heart all my soul and all my strength and I love my neighbor as myself, and everything else is kind of in pencil. I'm just figuring it out as I go along, but I do believe in the divine. I also believe that a lot of people have their version of the divine is 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 not correct, and because of that, it hurts a lot of people. But I also think a lot of people in religion are well-intentioned, and their hearts are well-intentioned, but sometimes they're not. And when you have a wolf around a lot of lambs, a lot of lambs get, you know, a lot of lambs get attacked. 
thankfully I'm out of any organized situation. You know, I've, I've taken bits and pieces of faiths along the way that I, I felt like worked. Um, I thought courting had a lot of good aspects and that, you know, the kids had dated with intention or, um, the, the family support of it, but then I saw it not work. So it was like, okay, we'll try something else, you know? So, um, there's not a lot of owning it when it doesn't go well in these communities. I also wanted to explain, I've heard people talk about the Duggars as being a quiverful family. And I wanted to talk just a second. Please, that's a question I have. Yeah. So quiverful is just any faith that encourages not utilizing birth control. So you can have independent Baptist you know, independent fundamentalist Baptist quiverful families. You can have Church of Christ quiverful families. There's a lot of them. And that's where the uh, the Debbie Pearls and the Michael Pearls, if you've heard of them, to train up a child and the abuse allegations that go with that. They are Church of Christ offshoot. Seventh, they have a quiverful movement. Messianic Jews have a quiverful movement. Quiverful is not its own thing. In fact, it was a name that was used to kind of make fun of the large families. So out of the verse that says, blessed is the man who has many children that his quiver is full of them. I'm paraphrasing that, but that's basically what it says. You know, so it's any faith that, that might not feel like using birth control should be part of their faith walk. You could be quiverful in a different faith. Being quiverful does not equal what the Duggars are. That makes sense. That's basically what they believe. I mean, it comes in all different shapes and sizes, but the main belief there is that they want to have as many children as they feel like God will bless them with. It's a belief or a philosophy, not a religion. Correct. Mm -hmm. As you point out, the Duggars are in politics. They've tried to cover up some secrets in their family. They've been on a reality show. They're public figures. I mean, Jim Bob is running for Senate in Arkansas right now. They have many children, to say the least. How many kids do they even have now? I stopped counting 20-something. Um, no, they have 19. 19. Oh, okay. So they didn't get to 20. But Right. But a lot of the kids have so many kids now that it's hard to keep track. Right. So a lot of people will say there can be a bad egg in a good family and that a family can only do so much, especially a family like the Duggars with so many children. But do you feel the specific culture within this family and their religion is also to blame for Josh Duggar and his crimes? Yes, 100%. I'm sure that there are some good people within that family, but the family ideology, what drove that family, leads to all kinds of hidden problems. The pastor of the church that I went to ended up being arrested for a sexual assault issue. I don't know all the details of it, but and three of the other youth ministers were also arrested for different kinds of sexual abuse situations. So clearly it's a toxicity in this belief system. It's I, I personally believe it's based on the level of repression that they have. I mean, women, again, can't show their necks. Men can't look at women's necks. They can't look at jeans. They can't look at any pictures of a woman in a, um, in a magazine that might be wearing underwear or a bikini. I mean, there's just, it's, and you're repressing a human nature instead of teaching a person how to control it. You know, it's it's just it's going to have consequences. You add a criminal mind into the mix and you get 
a lot of victims. So, you know, this is a religion that draws men who like power, that like to use power over women. The women are trained to be compliant, to be obedient. And and then if you throw in a few people who just were born with criminal minds, you know, that just think that way for whatever reason, it's a recipe for disaster. I also blame Josh himself, too. You know, I don't think he's a victim that much. He he knew and he had every opportunity to say, I need to do something else. I need to be away you know, from this family. He went he went several steps over what was necessary to do what he did. And I think that goes into criminal intent rather than being a victim. That's always a fine line, you know, but I think he crossed it. Yeah. Dr. John on our Hidden True Crime Patreon account did say what could have happened had they pressed charges as a juvenile. If people had uh, charged Josh for the sexual abuse against young girls when he was a child and he was in the juvenile system, he could have likely gotten the help that he needed. It was a heartbreaking episode to listen to because I knew, you know, I knew where this was coming, what was going to happen, what was coming to a head. And I, it just breaks my heart because the fear of being considered less than perfect by the parents, namely Jim Bob, I will name him all day long because he's going to get his name out there for to become a senator. I'll get his name out there for aiding and abetting his criminal son. He didn't do what he should have done because he didn't want anything on the record that could have affected their family's contract with TLC. And in doing so, he made his son worse. I posted the guilty verdict on our Hidden True Crime Twitter account. And Kim Chapman responded. And she said, I thought I would feel different about the verdict. But I feel sad. Those kids and even Anna, Josh's wife and her seven children... Considering her role as wife in their church, it's just heartbreaking. I'm glad he got convicted. That was a big win, but the damage everywhere is just sad. And I was just curious your thoughts about that. While we celebrate a guilty verdict and justice for children who are abused, you have a, a now a mother with seven children who will be raising them without their father. I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. Well, I have trouble when it comes to Anna. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I, you know me well enough, Lauren, that you know that I'm, I, I can pretty much find compassion, empathy for about anybody that I come in contact with. But I struggle with her because she knew in 2015, she knew that he had molested young girls and she continued to have seven children with him. Seven. And then when he got indicted for this and he was going to trial they asked you know we really think it would be good to talk to the kids because usually people don't get the particular file the pornography file that Josh got they usually don't get that unless they have traded something for it so that there's mutual culpability if someone gets caught so you usually trade one for one and so they knew it was important to interview the kids. Anna refused. She refused to have her children interviewed when her husband admitted that he'd seen this. You know, he's admittedly cheated. He's admittedly molested children. And now he's being accused of 
watching child pornography for children as young as three months old, and you're going to refuse to have your children interviewed for their own safety? I did not know that that she had refused to have her children interviewed. Now that he's been convicted, it may not be a choice for her anymore. And it's not going to work well for her. The fact that that she refused. Why Why would she refuse? If she felt like everything was okay, why? Why would you refuse that? I understand it's an uncomfortable situation. But if it was me, if it was my husband that was on trial, oh, I want to know if there's anything that was done to my babies, you know? So I do feel sorry that she is so brainwashed, but I've seen enough of her in this that she she is very steeped in believing that Josh is not guilty and that she is just completely embedded into the Duggar cult. The kids, however, my heart breaks for them because they don't need, you know, they don't need to know that they're what their dad is in prison for. Their family is going to be broken up. They might be separated. The good thing is with these big families, you know, it's possible that the kids will go live with someone like Jill and Derek who are really breaking out of the cult, you know. So there's good possibilities for the kids. But my heart still breaks for them because it's, it's such a shameful thing. But I just hope, I hope that somehow they're able to see that it, that their real father their real father freed them by by locking away their false one. When you said Jill and Derek, you mean Jill Dogger, who's now, and her husband, Derek, are breaking away from the cult. You mentioned to me a scripture they share. Yeah, let me grab that. My version was the New Living Translation. They're pretty fond of good old King James. <laughs> that's That's a big thing with the... Um, independent fundamental Baptists. They love their King James version of the Bible. So does the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They study from the King James version. See, I've I've done a lot of studies about where the... Oh, it doesn't matter. There's just contradictions in all of them. I like New Living. I feel really comfortable with that one. It's Luke eight seventeen. For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open... And everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. And did Jill share that when it comes to her brother, Josh? Well, it appeared as though she shared it. Yeah, she shared it after the conviction. And it was, it seemed to be pointed to both Josh and her father. Because her father blamed her for the whole thing. He said that Jill lying about being abused is what led to this whole thing. The victim shamed her. So so that is shocking to me. It seems like he's essentially choosing his son over his daughter, who's the victim. Let's go back to Anna then for a second. Anna, Duggar, Josh's wife. You know, I have to, I have to acknowledge that Anna, Josh's wife, was raised in this. You do mention that she's, there's a bit of brainwashing your words. A lot of people want to give her empathy because she was raised to stand by her man, no matter what. In fact, let me read you something. This is something that a woman named Jessica Kirkland wrote. She is a mom from Georgia, and she wrote this on her Facebook page back in 2015 in reference to Josh Duggar being on Ashley Madison and the accusations of abuse against uh, the young girls. And she says, let's talk about Anna. 
Let me tell you, Anna Duggar is in the worst position she could possibly be in right now. Anna Duggar was crippled by her parents by receiving no education, having no work experience or life experience for that matter. And then she was shackled to this loser because his family was famous in their religious circle. Anna Duggar was taught that her sole purpose in life, the most meaningful thing she could do was to be a chaste and proper, a devout wife and a mother. Anna Duggar did that. Anna Duggar followed the rules that were imposed on her from the get-go. And this is what she got in, in reward. A husband who she found out in the span of six months not only molested his own sisters, but was unfaithful to her in the most humiliating way possible. While she was fulfilling her duty of providing him with four children and raising them, she lived up to the standard that men set for her of being chaste and godly. And in return, the man who demanded this of her sought women who were the opposite. Be this, they told her. She was. It wasn't enough. What is Anna Duggar supposed to do? She can't divorce because the religious environment she was brought up in would blame her and ostracize her for it. Even if she would risk that, she has no education and no work experience to fall back on. So how does she support her kids? From where could she summon the ability to turn her back on everything she ever held to be sacred and safe? Her beliefs, the very thing that she would turn to for comfort in this kind of crisis, are the very reason she is in this predicament in the first place. How can she reconcile this? Her parents have utterly, utterly failed her. Think of this. Somewhere, Anna Duggar is sitting in prayer, praying not for the strength to get out and stand on her own, but for the strength to stand by this man she is unfortunately married to, to lower herself so that he may rise up on her back. That is, of course, clearly an opinion piece, and it was written six years ago, well before we knew anything more, and before she chose to stand by him and have three more children with him. But I'd love your thoughts. I I hurt for what... For what made Anna but I'm gonna be really candid and, and I don't mean to uh, make anything about myself here or anything like that but I went through a lot too um, I was raised I, I was raised by a woman but a very very broken woman who taught me patriarchal attitudes <laughs> even though it was a matriarchal home and basically made me feel like I was worth nothing and I did not use that as an excuse to, I didn't, it didn't make me go, okay, I will never critically think. I was raised in several different cults. There was this one that I mentioned to you today, also the Word of Faith cult, which is a well-known cult. Um, and I've been, I've seen preachers like Benny Hinn and Jimmy Swagger in person who walked my grandma who had a disease like across the stage and pretend like she was healed and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Um, I dealt with some, not full-on sexual abuse, but some pretty, some some definitely uncomfortable touching and some uncomfortable situations with youth pastors at church and stuff like that. I was raised in purity culture to feel like if I had sex before I was married that I was worthless. And first sexual experience was a date rape situation from someone in my church that I trusted. That I couldn't tell anybody. Felt like I had to marry him and it was a terrible situation. I didn't end up marrying him. His father, or her, not his father, his uncle, who was a missionary, came to the church and told him I wasn't worth marrying because he slept with me first. He didn't know that the guy raped me. He 
just said, you know, well, she's not, she's not pure and you don't need to marry her. So it saved me from that situation, but I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen these things in all different shades. And it comes to the point where you don't get to have an excuse anymore. You don't get to keep believing it. Anna's smart. She knows what she needs to do. She has said it. The reason why she had those next three babies was to try to lock him down. Or if she wasn't going to lock him down, she was going to make sure she had enough kids that the Duggars were going to be paying for the rest of her life. You know, she knows what she's doing. And I do feel bad for her. But the fact that she refused to make sure that her children were safe, to just be interviewed, to find out if they had been molested, there's no excuse for that. There's no excuse to not get your child tested for that. So it's those late, later decisions that Anna has made. Do I fault her for trying to stand by her husband and be loyal? No. Do I fault her for doing it when she is casting aside her children to do so? Yes. God gave her those children. Thank you for sharing that. With that, actually, I just read part of that Facebook post from Jessica Kirkland in 2015. I appreciate your thoughts on it. With, with that, I'd like to, f- to finish reading it, if that's okay. Sure. I think that what she says in conclusion is important. I know it helped me, actually. The reason I still have this quote is because it helped me when I was in a bad relationship. So Jessica Kirtland concludes, As mothers of daughters, this makes me ill. Parents, we must do better by our daughters. Boys and men are born with power. Girls have to command it for themselves if they aren't given it. They assume it and take it, but you have to teach them to do it, that they can do it. We have to teach our daughters that they are not beholden to men like this, that they don't have to marry a man their father deems acceptable and then stay married to that man long, long after he proved himself unacceptable. Educate them, empower them, Give them the tools they need to survive on their own if they must. Josh Duggar should be cowering in fear of Anna Duggar right now. Cowering. He isn't, but he should be. He should be quaking in fear that the house might fall down around him if he's in the same room as she is. Please, instill in your daughters the resolve to make a man cower if she must, to say, I don't deserve this and my children don't deserve this. I wish someone had ever just once told Anna she was capable of this, that she knew she is. As for my daughters, I'll raise them to think they breathe fire. It's great stuff. I read that because I feel like what you're saying is that this is perhaps where the culture failed a lot of people. Not that we're excusing Josh. Josh did what he did, but a lot of people enabled him to do what he did. Right. And a point, an excellent point was made in that reading as well about the mothers building up their own daughters. In this, this, in this culture, the mothers tear down their daughters. They think they're building them up by telling them everything they need to do to be a wife and neglecting everything that they need to do to do whatever career field they might want. I remember I was talking to a mother along you know, in this belief system one time. And she said, it's my goal for all my girls to know how to run the house by age 13. And I thought, what about the boys? (laughs) You know, what about the boys? And so, yes, the men do wield the power, 
but so do we ladies so do we and I guess that's where my thing with Anna goes is she should have been taught but now she's a woman and now she has the opportunity to teach her daughters to breathe fire and if she doesn't that's that's a purposeful thing that keeps going it's going to keep a cycle going and we as women are powerful enough to raise daughters to stand up to their fathers to stand up to their brothers and it's our job to do it it's not our job. Yeah, I mean, if we want to teach them to cook, if we want to teach them to do whatever, but also teach them to climb trees and, you know, everything else that they need to do, learn to code computers and my daughter is becoming a firefighter, <laughs> you know, like teach them to be brave and wonderful and and at the same time, be great wives and mothers. Yeah, you know? which comes naturally it, when you're a great woman. Right. Yes. Just by being a good woman, you're going to be the best at what you, you're going to put the best into everything that you do. And your worth comes from your existence. That's where your worth comes from. It doesn't come from how many children you can birth. It doesn't come from how well you can put dinner on the table or how quickly or how many frozen meals you have in your freezer. It doesn't come from if your house looks Instagram ready. It comes from being the best woman you are and just loving fiercely your children. What do you hope comes out of this guilty verdict for the future? When I look at this verdict, you know, a lot of people say, well, he hasn't even been sentenced yet. It doesn't seem like that big of a verdict. It was just one count, but it meant the world to me. And this is why. To me, it means that the victims, all of them, all of them, everyone that he physically touched, everyone that he allowed to be victimized by what he watched, his wife, his children, the rest of his family, all the fallout, all the victims. The victims have a voice now. It means that people who believe in God can begin to separate toxic and damaging religion from actual spirituality that heals and uplifts. It says that small town political power can be broken and that it's time, it's time for the church in all of its forms to self-reflect and they need to look at how to clean their own houses before picking up and casting their stones. It's time to take what is hidden and walk it into the light. Kids are not messed up if they have sexual urges. They are not dirty horrible or worthless perhaps if religion made more time to build up their value as a soul rather than their body parts these things would not be so prevalent this verdict a verdict given by the duggars peers in arkansas this, this huge verdict this verdict says that it it is time it's time for these changes it's time you asked what i hope you know what comes of this trial I hope people feel safe to tell their story and are able to speak their truth and and receive their justice. That's what I hope for.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.